Hello, and welcome to the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. Today's guest is Claudia Colioni in the case of the mysterious sugar maple. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. Following a successful week at the ISA annual conference and trade show in Washington, D.C., Coded and I drove all the way to good old Philly. Coded couldn't stop commenting on the conference's educational sessions and immediately hatched a plan to present at next summer's conference in Columbus, Ohio. Of course, I was very proud to hear Coded's plan, but at this point I could only think of having a Philly cheesesteak to start off the day. Hey, Dendro, do you really think Ashley Green wanted us to come here because of her recent analysis on Philly's urban forest? Well, Coded, I replied, between one bite and then another of my tasty cheesesteak. To be quite honest, I have a feeling Ashley has a special case reserved for us, as she always does. So don't expect us to be getting a day off anytime soon. Wow, how exciting. I really hope so. Ashley Green, the city arborist, took a seat at our table. She had initially invited me and coded for a walk around town so that we could take a closer look at the most common tree species in the local urban forest. Spicebush, black cherry, ash, tree of heaven, and box elder. I was surprised that the invasive tree of heaven, Elanthus altissima, was so common in Philly which could pose a risk to other tree species in the long run. But today, Ashley was concerned with something else. Dendro, I recently received a call from Ms. Jones, an arborist in Berks County, which is just about an hour and a half drive northwest of here. She has reported that a sugar maple, Acer saccharum, on her property has some city mold deposits, something that hasn't happened before. I told her you would be in Pennsylvania and could take a look at it. Is that okay? Coded jumped in his seat. Oh, yes. Absolutely. We're off to Berks County, right, Dendro? My assistant tended to forsake professional decorum when he got a little excited. I pondered for a second. If two arborists were unsure about the case at hand, then it's an invitation I simply couldn't pass up. Right-o, Codet, I exclaimed, also curious and excited to get to a place I had never been. Let's get in the car and solve this mysterious case in Berks County. Later, as Coded and I arrived at Ms. Jones' property in Berks County, she handed each one of us a cup of coffee. Perfect. Coffee would definitely help us remain alert before this challenging task. Detective Dendro and Coded, now I finally know the world's most famous arbor duo. Thanks for coming by. Our pleasure, ma'am, I said, sipping the coffee. So, this is the sugar maple Ashley told us about, eh? Exactly. And these are the signs I wanted you to look at. Ms. Jones pointed to the sugar maple's bark. I suppose this dark liquid here is tree sap oozing from these wounds, right? Indeed, but hey, Dendro, I just noticed this sooty mold growing at the base of the sugar maple. Not to mention these patches of blackened soil around the base, and some honeydew, too. I bent over for a closer look. This is definitely interesting, I'll give you that. This can sometimes lead to the growth of saprophytic fungi, if large amounts of bleeding sap accumulate on the sugar maple's base. Although that's not necessarily a bad sign. Ms. Jones tapped her chin, deep in thought. If only other trees nearby showed this pattern, I'd have a better clue of what this actually is. But it's only with this maple. Then something caught my eye, or my arm, as it were. Resting against the maple's smooth bark, my arm had unintentionally brushed against something. Ms. Jones, I think I have a clue right here. Brownish egg masses. Whoa, now that's something. 
It should be an insect then, right? Oh, I know. It's gypsy moth egg masses, isn't it? Hmm. I gave it a thought. It does appear to be, but... The covering for gypsy moth is more fibrous and tanner in color? Miss Jones corrected. You're right, I added. Plus, gypsy moth eggs are more spherical than these ones. I also thought it could be mantis egg cases, but those are generally larger and sometimes lie on thin stems. The eggs on your maple were laid pretty much in vertical rows. That's really curious. Hey, everyone, come over here. I know it sounds weird, but I found egg masses here, too. What kind of insect is this? The kind of insect that chooses inanimate, smooth surfaces for egg-laying. Surfaces like stones, fence posts, and pretty much any kind of outdoor equipment. Miss Jones was right. Whatever insect we were dealing with, it clearly had a preference for smooth surfaces, regardless of whether it was a tree. I glanced around the property and saw only rough-barked trees in the area, until I set my eyes across the street. That's when I noticed a row of trees. All of them. Tree of Heaven individuals. That's gotta be it. Thank you, Codet, and Miss Jones, for your careful and precise observations, I said with a smile. But the final clue seems to be right across the street. As we approached the row of Tree of Heaven individuals, I couldn't help noticing some similar signs. Honeydew and sooty mold on the base of the tree, and oozing wounds on the trunk. Also, I spotted the same type of egg masses we encountered in the maple tree. Some of the egg masses seemed to be unfinished, covered by waxy deposits. I could even see some ants and wasps on the tree, most likely attracted by the honeydew and tree sap. Oh, you guys gotta see this! I think I counted over a hundred egg masses in this single tree! Great job, Coded, I said, praising the efforts of my young assistant. And now, here they are. Adult insects of the Lycorma delicatula. A plant hopper native to China, more commonly known as spotted lanternfly. No way! I remember reading a scientific article about infestations in South Korea, which are quite recent, and are quickly spreading throughout many regions of the country. So this means we have a new invasive pest in the U.S., which also feeds on an invasive tree. Well, that seems about right, Ms. Jones, as far as scientific literature goes. Spotted lanternfly prefers Tree of Heaven individuals because of their high concentrations of cytotoxic alkaloids. For as you know, a Lanthus altissima is an allelopathic tree species. And there's more. Recent research points out that spotted lanternfly individuals definitely prefer hosts that contain toxic secondary metabolites, which is why Tree of Heaven is always a solid option. Thanks for mentioning that, Coded. Spotted lanternfly chooses plants with toxic metabolites for egg-laying, most likely as a mechanism of defense to protect from feeding by natural enemies. For the record, even birds have been observed vomiting after consumption of this insect. But these pests, they clearly prefer Elanthus altissima, as we see here right in front of us. Why would spotted lanternflies feed on my sugar maple? Great point. It turns out that spotted lanternfly also appreciates the sugar content of the host plant, which would make the sugar maple another ideal host. Codet elbowed me excitedly. We should tell this to Ashley Green right away, Dendro. 
As we saw from the Irvin Forest composition in Philly, Atlantis Altissima is invasive and widely established, which the spotted lanternfly could also take to its advantage. Or we could take that to our ire advantage as well. You see, Atlantis Altissima is the preferred tree for egg-laying adults. It can also be used as a sentinel plant to monitor spotted lanternfly. It's also equally important to understand the life cycle of this insect, which has one generation per year. Spotted lanternfly has four nymphal instars, and male and female individuals can be distinguished by their size and reddish color. So, as a potential solution, we could try to eradicate this pest first by setting up quarantine areas across Berks County and beyond, potentially also removing Tree of Heaven. Although Tree of Heaven removal could be an option, it might not be so appropriate. Once you cut it down, you must take care of the root system as well, because hundreds, if not thousands, of new trees may pop up from the roots underground. Coded dusted off his hands and crossed his arms, his traditional pose for being deep in thought. Besides the quarantine, promoting banding efforts could be helpful, at least in the short term, because by putting sticky bands around the trunks of potential host trees, you'll have these adults trapped, and you could mechanically remove them later. That's right, Coded. Bands are definitely an option. In order for our response to be an effective one, the public should be involved. Let's not forget that spotted lanternflies can also lay their eggs on smooth, man-made surfaces, which requires us to take an extra care. Oh, and by the way, a single egg mass could hold 30 to 50 eggs. Whoa, that's a lot. So scraping eggs could also be a solution. People could be mobilized to scrape them off of trees or smooth surfaces, put them in a bag and place the eggs in alcohol or hand sanitizer to kill them. What about natural enemies, Dendro? Are there any you're aware of? Hmm, there are some, but the problem is that spotted lanternflies' brilliant colors, red, black, and white, are actually warning colors to keep their potential predators away, I said, recalling a text I had read not too long ago. So it's not safe to say that we have a biological control agent. That's absolutely great advice, Dendro. Thank you so much for your time and attention. You too, Coded. I'll help launch a campaign for the elimination of the spotted lanternfly here in Pennsylvania, and I will surely be in touch with Ashley Green again. After an overwhelmingly busy day, Coded and I drove back to Philly, where I could once again savor my favorite cheesesteak with some soft pretzels. I was thrilled to have accepted this new challenge in Berks County. All in all, one thing was for sure. Pests don't respect invisible borders. They cross state lines and inevitably find their way across the country if no further eradication action is taken. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the ArborPod Detective Dendro series. You can earn CEUs for this podcast. Just log in at the ISA store, click on online CEU quizzes, and find the Detective Dendro quizzes. Stay tuned for the next ones. This podcast is provided by the International Society of Arboriculture. <laughs>